the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, I want to read this for you as we start today. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Notice that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. That with our words, we either speak life or we speak death to our own lives, to the people around us, and to the circumstances that we experience in life. And the Bible says that, we indulge, that the words we speak become the fruit of our lives, the consequences that we experience. Sometimes we've heard people say, you've got to eat your words, and it's real true. You, you do eat your words. You kind of digest them and ingest them, and they form the, the, the functioning of your life in many different ways. And sadly, there are a lot of people, a lot of people, perhaps people in this room right now, that you're actually sabotaging your future right now by the words that you're speaking. You're keeping yourself sort of a prisoner of your past, enslaved to your past by the words. I'll never get past that. I'll never get beyond this. The Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue. And if you want to get on track with God's plan for your life, you have to begin to adjust how you speak and make sure that your words really begin to agree with God. You have to work on your words. Now, let me quickly give you a bit of a diversion for a second to remind you of something. When I talk about speaking words and adjusting your words, I'm not talking about just uh, getting everything that you say in some kind of strange heretical doctrine that you can just speak anything and bring it into existence. I'm not saying that at all. What I am talking about is making sure that your words are lining up with what God says, that you come into agreement with God. And so today I'm going to talk about how do you agree with God with your words? How do you agree with God with your life? I'm going to share with you four things today, but it's extremely important that you understand that these four things I'm going to share with you today are cumulative in nature. That is, the second one builds on the first one, the, sec- the third one builds on the second and the first, and the fourth one will build on the third, second, and first. So you've got to get all of them in sequence because they lay a pattern, and the capstone of this will be the fourth point that I will share. And so I want you to stay closely connected to each of these points as we look at them together today. So we're talking about how do you agree with God, coming into agreement with God. And the first thing I want to share with you today, the first foundational truth, again, the beginning point for where I want to take you is that agreement is something that will always bring empowerment and reinforcement in your life. I'll explain that in a bit, but you may want to write that down. Agreement empowers and reinforces. What is agreement? Agreement is coming into harmony with someone. It's really coming into harmony with an idea. Many times in a conversation, you'll say something like this. You'll give an opinion, a fact. Do you agree with me? Can I get you to agree with me? We're always looking for agreement in life. Why? Because we seek this agreement because anytime there's an agreement with an opinion that we have, a fact that we're stating, something that comes from us, a conviction on the inside, if we can get somebody else to agree with us, it reinforces, it empowers our thought. I want you to agree with me because I feel better, I feel stronger. There's a reinforcement when I can find someone in agreement. 
The scripture is full of passages that teach us the power of agreement, the reinforcement factor of agreement. Let me give you five examples of this. First of all, the Bible teaches us that work is far more powerful and productive when people work together in agreement. Anytime you're on a team, it's always greater to work on a team where there's agreement on that team. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, the Apostle Paul writes this little letter, four chapters in the book of Philippians, and he's writing from a Roman prison. He's got a guard to his right and a guard to his left, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And he writes this little letter to the church at Philippi, a church that he loved very, very dearly. And he writes to them, notice this, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to agree. I urge them to, what's the word again? To agree and to work in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, I ask you to, my true companion, to help these women to keep on cooperating for they have shared my struggle in the, in the cause of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul writes from prison and he points out two ladies in the church at Philippi who were out of agreement. They were not walking in harmony. And Paul says, I've got to address this because it's, it's, it's causing a drain of the power in the life of the church. And so anytime that we're out of agreement, it drains power from the team. Anytime we're in agreement, it adds strength to the body, strength to the team. It's very important. The second thing that we see here is that relationships are more powerful, enjoyable, and fulfilling when people are in harmony and agreement. But you understand that your relationships work better whenever people are in harmony. People are getting along with each other. Notice Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. The third thing that we see is prayer is more powerful and fruitful when it's offered in agreement. Jesus gave us these words in Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. The words of Jesus. Again, I give you an eternal truth. This is never going to change. It's an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, harmony symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together, harmony, unity, agreement, come together in honor of my name, I'm right there with them. A lot of times the reason that we have ineffectiveness in our prayers, especially in our families in those areas, because we have so much division and so much strife going on that nobody's in agreement. And so the Bible says, no, come together in prayer with agreement. The fourth thing, your life is more powerful and productive when you're undivided in your thoughts and your motives and the inside of your being. Notice what Paul says about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I fear, he says, one thing I'm concerned about is that somehow your pure, undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. He said, Corinthians, I'm concerned. I don't want this to happen to you, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. The psalmist David prayed this prayer in Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me what kind of a heart? An undivided heart. Let me be in agreement, God, on internally so I'm not distracted in all these different areas, but my focus is on you that I may fear your name. And finally, your relationship and walk with God is more powerful, peaceful, and fruitful when you're in agreement with him. Amos, the prophet, said, can two walk together unless they are what? Agreed. You can't walk with God effectively until you learn to agree with God. So what I want you to see foundationally today is that agreement is something everybody seeks in their life. You seek agreement. Why? Because what, is, what does agreement do for you? What's the benefit of agreement? It reinforces and empowers any thought or belief that you have. If I can get you to agree with me, it reinforces that which I believe in turn. It adds strength to it. It empowers that in my life. 
So it's extremely important what we're seeking agreement for because whatever you seek agreement for is going to be reinforced and empowered in your life. That's, these are the second thing. This is going to be a fairly short point, but nevertheless, a very important point is we're moving our way to the final one. Self-agreement is the most common agreement. You and I consistently work to prove and confirm what we believe and what we feel is true, even when external reality is telling us the opposite. You've heard the phrase before, don't confuse me with the facts, my mind's made up. Right? Don't confuse me with the facts, my mind's made up. And so it doesn't matter what the facts are, I've already determined what I'm going to believe about this. And so because we have this tendency as human beings to to really want to agree with ourselves above anybody else. We have set in motion self-agreement. It's the most powerful form of agreement. Take a look with me, if you will, at the scriptures that emphasize this very important point. James chapter 1, verse 22, talks to us about self-deception. Do not merely listen to the words and so deceive what? Yourselves. Do what it says. We can, we can actually, if you're lying to yourself, correct? If you're lying to yourself... If you're saying to yourself, nobody loves me, when there's a thousand people that love you, then what have you done? You have deceived yourself, right? And so anytime you are building your life on something that is not true, then you are living in self-deception. 1 John 1 verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Let's go back and see how this connects with the first point. Whatever I have agreed to in my own life about myself, what the, my own self-talk, my self-agreement, whoever and whatever I agree with, what does agreement always do? Agreement always reinforces and empowers, right? And so the longer I believe something, positive or negative, internally, what's going to happen, that agreement continues to add strength and reinforcement to that thing in my life. Important to get these points. So agreement reinforces and strengthens and empowers Our most common form of agreement is with who? With ourselves. Let's go to the third point as we're working our way through this process today. Voices of dark darkness seek your agreement. It's imperative that we understand that in the world that we live in, dear ones, we are in a spiritual battle. Did you hear that today? We're fighting a spiritual battle. There's an invisible world around you that you can't see. It's an unseen world, but it exists. It's just as real Actually, it's more real than the visible world because the invisible made the visible. Right? The invisible spoke and the world came into existence. The invisible created the visible. And so the invisible world is very real. Don't ever doubt that. It's very real. The Bible treats it as real. In the invisible realm, you can't see it. But in the spiritual realm, there's a force of light the force of the kingdom of God. There's a force of forces of darkness and the kingdom of Satan. There is a battle going on. Why do you think we have all this evil in the world? Because not only are people evil by reason of sinful nature, but there's a, there's, there are demonic entities and demonic forces and diabolical forces that are at work in the world around us, moving people toward evil. Are you with me today? Okay. And so there's, there un, there's this unseen realm that you and I need to acknowledge as being real. It's a battle that we're all in. Now, Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Now, he's acknowledging that there's really a devil. Don't ever doubt that there's a devil. There's a real devil. 
For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So Paul is describing this invisible unseen world that we're all in a battle with, that we're all dealing with as Christians. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So he's again talking about this battle. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now we could go into all kinds of things in relationship to this passage, but really the reason I gave it to you is to remind you that you're in a battle in an unseen realm. Peter talks about this as well. First Peter 5, 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So here we are. We know that agreement reinforces and empowers things in our life. The strongest agreement that we can ever have in life is with who? With ourselves, okay? And then we have to add into the equation this other force here called the satanic realm, the evil spirits, the realm of darkness that Paul and Peter reminded us that exists, that we need to be aware of. And all three, all two of these areas are coming into play, who we are and what the enemy is saying to us. Because what you've got to understand very clearly is this, one of the primary characteristics of the devil, one of the primary characteristics of the evil spirits in the unseen realm is simply this, the devil is a liar. They are lying spirits. He is a dark, destructive liar. And what he wants to do is he wants to propagate his lies into your life in such a way that you accept them and believe them and affirm them and agree with them yourself. And then you end up in bondage in a certain way. John chapter eight, verses 43 and 44. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? Jesus said here, it's because you can't even hear me. He's talking to the religious leaders of his day. For you are the children of your father, the devil. So Jesus even speaks of the devil in very real terms. And you love to do the evil things he does. He He describes now the characteristics of Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar. And what else is he? He is the father of what? Lies. He's the father of lies. Now watch this. When it comes to the reproductive dimension of life, it is the father that provides the seed for the impregnation that results in a birth, correct? The father is what seeds something. Now, when it comes to your life, the devil is the father of lies. And so what he's trying to do is he's trying to seed lives into your life so that you take them into your being and incubate them, if you will, conceive them inside of you, and you give birth to destruction. You give birth to a life that is less than what God wanted it to be for you because he's seeding that. You grab hold of it, and you agree with him. And when you agree with anything, what does it do? It empowers and reinforces it in your life. You end up living, and that's what the Bible refers to as a stronghold in your spiritual life. You can be a Christian and still be living in a stronghold. You can be a believer and still have strongholds in your life because now they've gotten inside of you, you bought into a lie of the adversary and now it's living in you. You've accepted, you've validated it yourself and you, you will always agree with yourself. Now, the Bible talks to us about this stronghold principle in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through five. 
Very important teaching. Are you staying with me today? Okay. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Okay, got that? So he's talking about spiritual warfare. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to do what? Demolish what? Strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is anything that has a stronghold on you. There you go, okay? If it's got a stronghold on you, it's called a stronghold, okay? It's really what it is. Don't get all complicated. You don't even need the Greek on this one, all right? It's just exactly what it is, okay? So a stronghold is anything that has a stronghold in your life. So now the devil's over here as a liar, as the father of lies. He's been seeding these little thoughts in your mind. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. You don't really have a future. You'll never get over that problem in your life. You're never going to be any different. Your mom was like this, and your grandmother was like this, and your father was like this. You're never going to get past that. Or that habit you've got, you're never going to break that. You're never going to make anything out of your life. You're, you're a failure anyway. And so he's lying, lying to you, seeding lies in your life. And you're over here taking them in and agreeing with them. And then it becomes the validation of what he said becomes real in you because now you believe it. And now you are agreeing with yourself and agreeing with the adversary. And now it's been enforced, reinforced in your life, strengthened in your life. It's empowered your life. And now you're living in a stronghold. Okay. Let's go. Let's go to the next part here. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So how do you get out of a stronghold? you got to deal with your thinking, correct? You've got to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And that's part of what this series is all about. So the enemy's lies, listen, the enemy's lies become our self-talk. How many of you are walking around just repeating what the devil told you? You're walking around, instead of repeating what God told you, what God says about you, you're actually repeating what the devil said about you. You're never going to make it. You're never going to succeed. Your life is going to always be a mess. You're never going to have a good marriage. You're never going to find the right person. All these thoughts that come into our, our thinking and our mind, we begin to buy into them. And so the devil's lies become our self-talk, and it re- reinforces in us a stronghold in our lives. The good news, here's the good news, Jesus breaks every stronghold. Amen. Jesus has the ability to break every stronghold. There's no chain. Listen, there's no chain in your life that Jesus cannot break, okay? You've got to work with him in the process, but there's no chain in your life that Jesus cannot break, okay? Last point, I'm going to give you the permission when I give you this last point. You have full permission to shout hallelujah when I give it to you, okay? You ready for it? The best agreement is agreement with God. Amen. Amen. Thanks for agreeing with me. The best agreement is agreement with God. Let's talk about this. When the devil's over here seeing, remember he's the father of lies, right? Okay. He wants to impregnate you with his lies, right? He wants to seed his lies, the father of lies, impregnate you with his lies. And then you take him in and begin to believe them, okay? Because he wants your life to be destroyed. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, okay? John 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So here's the thing. If we're going to be freed from these strongholds, what is required is this, that while the devil is seeking to destroy us with, his, with agreement with his word, his voice in our lives, God wants to help and bless us by revealing to us his word that sets us free. This is important because God wants now to help you and bless you instead of destroy your life. Do you know that God is good? 
God wants to bless you. God wants to help you. God wants to free you. And the only way to be free, Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so the only thing that, 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 that cures a lie is truth, correct? You can't change a lie until you know the truth. Once you know the truth, the lie is gone, because now I know the truth, okay? So how does this transpire? To get truth into you and light into you, there's one source of that, and that's the Bible, okay? Everybody say the Bible. This book is truth. God is truth, and God gave us his book called the Bible, which is truth. Okay? Stake my life on I believe this book is true from cover to cover. Okay? It's a true book. Now, you're not going to get truth in you unless you open up the pages of this book. You can't slip this book under your pillow at night and lay on it and hope that it's going to get inside. It's not going to happen. Okay? You've got to open up the pages of this book, and you've got to begin to get into this book because this is your freedom book. Are you hearing me today? If you're in jail and you say, you know, somebody tells you there's a key that will get you out, would you look for your key? Of course you would. You'd do everything you could to find that key. There's a key around here somewhere that will get you out. I would tear that, that prison cell apart trying to find that key. How about you? Okay. Well, I'm telling you, this is the key that will get you free. It's the truth of God's word, but you've got to get into it. And a lot of people don't get There are a lot of Christians that almost never open their Bibles at all. Maybe on Sunday they'll do it, but very seldom ever pick up their Bible, ever study their Bible because they're intimidated by it. I don't know if I can understand this. That doesn't make sense to me. I'm not sure if I can. What does that mean? There'll be times you get in the book of Leviticus, you'll have no clue what they're talking about. I still have that problem too. I get there, what in the world was that all about? I don't know. Just keep on reading. Sometimes I get in the book of Revelation, I have no clue what it's talking about. What do I do? Just keep on reading, okay? Because at some point in time, you're going to find that nugget that's going to set your spirit free, okay? There's going to be those moments in life when you're going to land on something in the pages of Scripture that will be your liberation point. But you've got to get into the Word, but it's not just a matter of getting into it. When you get there, you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it above what you feel. This is the key that will set you free. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and I've got this feeling, so I choose to believe the Bible over what I feel because I believe the Bible is true and my feelings may not be true, and so I'm believing, God, you said you would never leave me nor forsake me. It takes, and let's take it to the next level. I've studied in God's Word. I know what He says. I know that He says He will never leave me nor forsake me. I've chosen to believe it. Then what do I do? The Bible says the power of life and death is in your tongue. You've got to start declaring what God says in the midst of what you're feeling that is opposite of what God says. Here's how I would do it in my life. When I'm feeling those moments that God is a thousand miles away, but I know his word says, I will never leave you nor forsake me. I'll get up in the morning and say, God, I thank you that you are with me today. It doesn't matter what I feel because your word declares to me that you will never leave me and you will never forsake me, that you're the God who is my shepherd. You're going to lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though I might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am not going to fear any evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare 
a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I'm dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. It doesn't matter as though I don't feel you're here because your word says something different. I'm not going to declare what I feel. I'm going to declare with my mouth what you say. My, my, my tongue has the power of life imparted to me. Now, let me ask you a question. When you begin to declare something like that, what you're doing is you're agreeing with God. Okay? You're agreeing with God. And then your agreement with God empowers, it reinforces his truth inside. Because agreement always does what? What was my first point? Agreement always empowers, it always reinforces. And so when you agree with God, it does the very same thing in your life. It reinforces his truth. And before long, those strongholds begin to be broken and you begin to walk in a freedom that you didn't have before. This is the pathway to freedom, okay? And so your declaration is vital to your liberation. What do we learn today? Very important truth. Agreement is extremely important in your life because it enforces, reinforces, and empowers. The one that you agree with more than anyone else is yourself. So because of that, the devil tries to seed thoughts in your mind that you'll grab hold of as believing that are lies and opposite of God's truth. But what you want to do is agree with God so that his thoughts become your thoughts. Amen. His ways become your ways. His words become the way you live and function in your life. And you'll begin to walk it out in a way that honors him. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart. Something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.